0: this is forage plus academy wherever you are riding your horse mooching at the stable picking poo in the field or sitting down for a quick cuppa plug in your earphones or hitch up your speakers and get ready to get expert about horse nutrition and management Thanks for listening in, this is Sarah. I hope you've had an amazing time with your horse lately. Autumn's here in North Wales and I've been enjoying some hacks through a beautiful beech wood near to my house. This year the oranges and yellows of the leaves have been stunning. I'm so lucky that I've got this kind of riding near my home. I love hacking my horses to give them variety but I also enjoy show jumping, and training them for dressage. Moo, otherwise known as the monster, or when I'm feeling really happy, the professor, is my 18 year old Arabian, and he just loves jumping. Together, over the last three years, we've been learning how to navigate more than one jump at a time. I never realized he liked jumping until he was 15. The skill of show jumping has been a challenge for me. I was great at going over one jump when I was out drag hunting or popping a log in the forest, but actually going round a show jump course is a whole other piece of cake. My brain has at times found it really hard to navigate the jump, land, sit up and then remember where to go next. Slowly though, Moose got braver and I've got better at driving in the right direction so last weekend we went to our first combined training event a combined training event is where you do a dressage test first and then you go almost straight in and jump around a course of show jumps so Moo and I went in and we did a novice dressage test and then a course of 75 centimeter jumps surprisingly we came third we got a clear round I drove around the right course and he jumped everything. I patted myself on the back because usually I would forget the course or just drive over the wrong jump. So I didn't let the professor down and he was definitely a professor that day. When you're doing this variety of training with your horse and they're working into a moderate level of work, it's vitally important to get all your nutritional ducks lined up so this podcast And the next one will discuss my thoughts on how you feed the most active of horses for the longevity and athletic oomph that my 18-year-old Arabian still enjoys. Feeding the performance horse is a huge topic, so I'll split the podcast into two episodes. That means you can mull over the information in part one, ride your horse, have a cuppa and a brain rest before coming back to part two. We are most likely all aware here of the fact that today's hard-working performance horses lead lives that are very different from their wild ancestors. But at all times, no matter what a horse is used for, we should remember that our domestic horses are physiologically very similar to their wild ancestors. Mentally, they still thrive when in the company of the horses, needing social interaction to feel secure and happy and safe. The horse's digestive tract evolved to secrete acid and bile 24 hours a day because the horse as a prey animal developed to eat in an almost continuous grazing pattern rather than the infrequent meals of a predator. Domestic horses still have a physical need to browse and chew almost constantly. This is on the horse's hard drive because, like their wild ancestors, they have a digestive tract where more than 50% of the volume is given over to the fermentation of forages. For today's domestic horse, this of course means grass, hay or haylage. Although today's performance horses lead lives that are very different from their wild ancestors, they are still horses. They still have the same needs as horses through the ages. So when feeding them, that's the place we always have to start, even though they might undertake activity, which is really different from their ancestors. So what feed should be fed in the greatest proportion to a performance horse? An appropriate feeding program for any horse takes into consideration the horse's digestive anatomy and physiology. The primary diet should have a foundation in forage regardless of whether the horse is a retired pasture ornament or an FEI endurance horse. Hard-working horses may need more calories in their diet than can be met from grass or hay alone. As a result, the temptation is to feed increasingly high levels of calorie-dense feeds. The focus of the daily feed can easily become these supplemental energy sources. What happens then is that less and less attention is paid to the daily amounts coming from hay, haylage or grass and the need for maintenance of a high fibre level moving through the digestive system. Forage, the grass or hay the horse eats, is the first food to consider and that should always form the greatest proportion of the diet. The temptation, of course, with a horse in moderate to heavy exercise is to get more and more focused on the bagged food, thinking that calories and what that provides are the most important. A common misconception is that hay and grass are just fibre or just roughage, a sort of filler that your horse needs. But nothing could be further from the truth. Hay, haylage or grass contains large amounts of nutrients and makes up the bulk of the protein, minerals and vitamins. A performance horse or indeed any horse eats each day. If the level of forage is cut drastically not only does the fibre content drop and jeopardise digestive health but so do all the nutrients. Replacing these lost nutrients becomes hard so cutting hay and haylage too much and relying on hard feed in the form of a compound bagged feed is likely to shoot you in the hoof. Whenever possible, mineral and nutritional levels of hay should be tested, especially when several months of hay are purchased at one time. Compared with the cost of hay, testing is a very modest investment for information about the calorie, protein, carbohydrate fractions, macro and trace mineral content make sure that the report analysis provides horse-based information. When analysis is not viable, then feeding a forage-focused supplement is the next best option. Once the hay is selected, nutrients not present in hay in adequate amounts need to be provided by some additional means. If the horse is able to maintain conditions solely on hay, Then a forage focused supplement providing magnesium, phosphorus, sodium, chloride, copper, zinc, selenium, iodine, lysine, methionine and vitamin E. If the horse is off spring and summer grass, all these should be added to provide necessary minerals, vitamins and limiting amino acids. The benefit of balancing feed to the grass and hay is that it will make sure that minerals like calcium, manganese and iron are not over-supplemented. These are commonly at adequate or high levels in the forage we test from all around the UK and Europe. So really you've got to keep the horse's digestive system healthy. Because horses evolved eating grasses that for the most part were high in complex carbohydrates requiring fermentation by hindgut bacteria. The relationship between these bacteria and the horse is mutually beneficial because the horse absorbs the byproducts of the fermentation processes as an energy source. Maintaining the health of the microbial population is a vital component of nutritional management. Many compound-bagged feeds fed to hard-working horses are fortified with vitamins and minerals. This can create a perception that the forage is nothing but filler. Care should be taken as the majority of horses should be consuming a minimum of one and a half percent of their body weight per day as forage in order to keep the digestive system healthy and free from inflammation. This amounts to no less than seven and a half kilograms for a 500 kilogram horse of hay per day, unless substituting with a high fiber fast soap feed, such as beet pulp, hay or grass nuts. There are quite a few instances where digestive disturbance caused by low amounts of forage will cause horses to lose weight. In this situation, there can be the mistaken belief that the horse needs more bagged complete feed and thus a negative spiral is put in place. Too little emphasis is placed on how hay, haylage or grass can provide a majority of the calories, protein and minerals, such as calcium and phosphorus, making it far more than just a filler. The bacterial population requires that adequate amounts of complex carbohydrates and fibre be provided in the diet, and that the diet stay relatively static, with only gradual changes. These gradual changes include changes in hay and haylage and turnout in the spring and summer onto grass. Often we forget it's not just bagged food which can have an effect on the digestive health and stability of the horse's gut. Even a change of hay source from a coarse stemmed timothy hay to a more soft stemmed meadow hay needs to be considered gradual change will allow the bacteria in the hindgut time to adjust. So what kind of hay should you feed a performance horse? Well careful selection of a high quality hay or haylage can mitigate a number of problems observed in equine athletes. For many performance horses this forage will be hay undesirable hay bellies which are caused by consuming large amounts of low protein poor quality forage on top of an inefficient digestive system are best fixed not by reducing the amount of hay fed but by switching to a hay that is of a better quality conversely feeding a lower quality hay to horses that typically need calorie intakes restricted will allow a greater amount of hay to be consumed without the risk of weight gain careful attention should still be made to protein levels and preferably I know I bang on about this a lot an analysis of the hay made to check all the nutrient levels with careful hay selection the amount of hay fed can be maximized for each horse thus benefiting the digestive physiology and reducing the risk of conditions such as equine gastric ulcer syndrome and stable vices like chewing wood Hay with a greater proportion of leaves relative to stems is usually of a higher quality and will often have a higher calorie and protein content versus a stemmy hay with lower leaf content. Hay or haylage cut later in the year will have a higher indigestible fibre content and often be lower in protein. You can never tell what the sugar and starch levels of a hay or haylage are just by looking at it. So uh, should you feed any bagged feed to a performance horse? Well, the idea that a performance horse must have a complete bagged feed to get what it needs is a marketing ploy that has been wildly successful. I know that sounds a little bit controversial, but my belief is that it plays into the convenience aspect of our busy modern lives. The colour and marketing hype on the bags tempts us But a one-size-fits-all, one-scoop approach is, I'm afraid to say, rarely successful. And the reasons for this are many. The first is that the broad-spectrum approach used to fortify most complete feeds sort of scatterguns many minerals and vitamins with some protein, but it pays no attention to what is commonly contained in the grass and the hay eaten. And if any of you have listened to my latest podcast, you will know that I bang on about this to the point of boredom, probably, that the greatest proportion of the diet that a horse eats is grass or hay. So why aren't we looking at what is in grass and hay first? The broad spectrum supplement approach, which is in the main what is used in these bagged feeds, plays into our feeling That the more there is in the ingredients list on the back of the packet, the better things must be. The next reason is that where you've got a poor doer who needs lots of calories to maintain weight, then if you're feeding a bagged feed, you're going to be directed to feed lots of it. Where you've got a good doer who can live on a sniff of a complete bagged feed, then you'll be tempted into feeding small amounts to try and manage the weight of that good doer. The two horses, the good doer and the poor doer, are working at the same level, needing the same rates of minerals and the same rates of vitamins and protein to balance the hay and the grass eaten. However, half a scoop can never hold the same nutrients as two scoops. So if you're having to feed two scoops to your poor doer but you're only feeding half a scoop to your good doer they're not getting the same next reason is where you have a horse which fizzes up and less complete feed has to be fed then this horse will be short-changed on protein and minerals and vitamins and the last reason is that many complete bagged feeds contain higher levels of starch and sugar and molasses and wheat which can be a problem for some horses. So I just believe that an approach which separates the individual nutritional components for basic calories and energy from the needs for minerals, vitamins and protein will always be much more effective and efficient than a broad spectrum, one-size-fits complete bagged feed system. So if you're not feeding one of these complete bagged feeds at the recommended feeding rate, how do you ensure a fully balanced feed for your performance horse? Well, the purpose of concentrate feeds and supplements should be to provide what is missing, guess what, in the grass, the hay or the haylage, the forage portion of the diet. For most forages then, this means you need to provide and supplement a source of major minerals, some trace minerals, certain vitamins, certain amino acids and the fatty acid omega-3 where a horse doesn't have access to spring and summer green and growing grass. For the majority of horses feeding a nutrient-dense forage-focused horse feed balancer matched to a common profile of grass and hay in a fast fibre provider in combination with hay will provide nearly all of the necessary additional nutrients. For horses that struggle to keep their weight on you're going to need a more calorie dense food. You're going to feed this with a forage focused horse feed balancer but care should be taken to make sure the calories that you feed each day are not too excessive. Horses maintained with too much condition which results from overfeeding can experience unnecessary wear and tear on joints and soft tissues and that of course can result in soundness issues. Feeding too many calories can produce negative behaviours and extra condition and overfeeding might result in high insulin levels and laminitis especially for your good doer native types. Horses of course as we all know if they're overfed calories it can become a bit too exuberant And when this is not given an appropriate outlet such as turnout we get undesirable behaviors and unfortunately we humans don't necessarily appreciate those undesirable exuberant behaviors feeds which contain high levels of molasses and cereals are usually the ones that create these undesirable behaviors and can be problematic for some horses for those struggling to keep weight off good doer horses or who feed commercial feeds in quantities less than the manufacturer recommended amounts, a suboptimal diet can result. Horses may appear to be in good condition when in fact they're suffering from a level of undernourishment. For example, copper is needed for the formation of collagen, the foundation of tendons and ligaments. Both copper and zinc are crucial for maintaining liver health. And where these minerals are both low in grass and hay and impacted by commonly high levels of iron or manganese, they can affect both performance and the maintenance of long-term health. Without careful attention to the diet, these deficiencies can go potentially unnoticed. As the long-term impact to suboptimal diets is not well documented in horses, issues being given causes completely unrelated to nutrition are, unfortunately, the norm Where a horse is fed a tight, calorie-controlled diet, then protein levels must be monitored carefully to support the health of the lining of the digestive system. We know that the harder a horse works, the greater the demands made on metabolism and physiology. In this situation, it's more likely nutrient deficiencies will negatively impact both health and performance. In most cases, the simplest and most appropriate solution is to feed a a more forage-focused diet where calories are carefully managed and ingredients like cereals and molasses are eliminated from the daily diet. What I'm trying to get over to you is the understanding that nutrition is calories, minerals, vitamins, protein, and essential fatty acids. Getting all these correct is the key to protein being used. The calories will then be diverted to energy use rather than fat storage and the processes in the body able to maintain, heal, repair and build structures. My tip is to understand that analysis of hay and grass will help create a balanced diet where each of the components of a healthy diet can be fed at the right levels for the age, workload and type of horse being fed separating the nutritional elements into the following is the most efficient and effective way to create the best performance for athleticism longevity and that's for all hardworking horses in fact really it's for all horses so this is what i would suggest is top of your mind for when you plan a diet for any horse but especially a performance horse you should have a forage focus balancer to supply minerals, vitamins and the most limiting amino acids. You should have protein supplementation to supply a broad range of all the essential amino acids, preferably matched to boost levels not provided in hay and you should feed these after work. You should have omega-3 supplementation to balance the fatty acids not supplied through hay and haylage. You should have the right amount of separates to supply calories in a high fibre concentrated form at the right level for the type of horse. I'm not saying you wouldn't feed non-high fibre foods, it's just that you should always start with the high fibre foods first before adding in more concentrated forms later. And I'll talk about this more in part two. Lastly, you should have timed feeds after work to replenish and build muscles and glycogen supplies. And again, I'll talk about that in part two. So that's all from me now. It's been great speaking to you. Next time, I'll continue part two of feeding the performance horse, covering whether fat is good for performance, what fat is best fed to horses, whether a performance horse can be fed a low sugar and starch diet, what vitamins do you need to supplement? What separates should you choose that are best to feed with a forage-focused horse feed balancer. What electrolytes would you need if your horse sweats? And what level of protein is needed to fuel your horse for excellence and the best fun and the biggest success with you? Well, I'm gonna go out and play with my ponies now. Happy galloping, everyone. Go out and have the best time and tell your horse. They are just simply tremendous. If you have loved this episode, please write a review of this podcast and share it to a horsey friend who you eat, sleep and breathe horse with. And for more wisdom on horse nutrition and management, visit our websites at forageplus.co.uk and forageplustalk.co.uk.